You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with Tim Baer and David Kernodal from Spiracle Media. Now, if you have not heard of Spiracle Media, you are going to love them after this podcast. And we love a good story, but we also know delivery makes all of the difference. It needs to be a beginning that reels in the audience, just enough content to keep their attention. And at the end, that gives them a wow, a a moment and and something that's satisfying, a a satisfying ending or really a call to action. And our next guest on the Brand Builders podcast, learn to tell stories a minute and a half at a time. How's that for being concise? And they turn this into a skill, really creating a multimedia business that has thrived and really created a buzz around Charlotte, but really around our country for 10 years now. We're so excited to learn more about them. They are a repeat guest. We actually had them on our podcast years ago when they were really getting the wheels rolling in Charlotte. And we're so excited to connect with them, learn about what they've done, specifically with Spherical Media and a lot of the amazing content they've created. Thank you so much for joining us, Tim and David, and welcome to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Thanks for having us. This is great to be here. Good intro. Love the new new digs, guys. Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Good to see you boys again. And hey, if these names sound familiar, you must watch the local news on TV. (laughs) Guys, tell us how you got to start uh, in your own company and how it's been going. It's been great. Uh, you know, we we were, like you said, back in the news business. Uh, I was a sports anchor. Jared, uh, our other partner, was a sports anchor. Dave was a news reporter. Uh, and we all, you know, sort of saw the, the writing on the wall in, in local news. You got to jump around, jump markets. And, you know, we love Charlotte. And so we didn't want to leave and wanted to find a way to be able to stay, but use the talents that we had from, from years in the past. And so that's how we started the company since then. You know, as we've grown, um, our differentiator in the market has really been hiring former journalists to tell stories for businesses. And and that's really been a big boost for us as we continue to grow. So tell us a little bit. You guys created Spiracle Media. Now you guys have Spiracle Film. When you go on your website, it's very clear and precise what you do. You are built to tell stories uh, and really results-driven video, digital content. Um, I would challenge everybody, go look at spiraclebuzz.com and just look at their stuff. It, it speaks volumes for what they can create. But David, tell us a little bit about kind of the transition going from working you know, in the news, telling those stories of a community, to now going and telling the stories of businesses. It's a different transition, but it's the same thing, right? You, you got to get their attention. You got to pull them in and you got to get the, the, the people that are listening or watching to be able to connect with that individual. Tell us a little bit about that transition from, I guess, being in front of the camera to maybe being behind the camera or a little bit of both. It's an easy transition. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody, I don't think, well, there probably are a lot of people who like to be in front of the camera, but hiding behind and just telling stories and letting like the voices of the people and the characters that you interact with actually be the ones that are going to be conveying that message and hopefully doing so in an emotional way. So that transition really wasn't difficult. It was something that I think everybody that's been in news that now works for us have always had that calling. We just want to tell stories and we want to interact with people. We want to make an impact with the stories that we tell. And so getting the news element out of the way, the reporter, the anchor name out of the way, and just really focusing on that is a really easy and meaningful, much more meaningful uh, transition than maybe you think. Could you speak a little bit on the difference of the big corporate news machine versus small business? 
Wow. Um, the corporate news. <laughs> it's all you, bud. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're we're getting this thing started right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, like, in at least for a reporter, you're uh, assigned a story at the beginning of the day, and you have and the clock ticks the second that you you know walk in that door. So that news machine needs at least one story a day, if not maybe two stories a day, not to mention the live shots and any sort of other presence that's there. Um, and so you're just grinding through stories and, and you really don't have a moment to feel satisfied in the types of stories that you're putting together. And so the great thing about working with Spherical is that um, we have that moment to really sit back and not have to rush through a story. We can give it the breath that it deserves and, and hopefully be able to carve out a wonderful character that's going to be meaningful to the audience and then also a CTA or some kind of call to action that's going to compel somebody to join, you know, maybe some donations or be a volunteer, join a movement. That's much more gratifying than the news machine, you know, turning stories every single day and, and turning the page when you wake up the next morning. So a Absolutely. little more control, right? Yeah. I mean, you still work for your client, obviously, <laughs> mm -hmm. and deliver what they want, but but you have a little bit of influence on how you tell that story. Yeah, and you know what, what's unique is, so so we have Spherical Media, right? And we've been around, I guess now it's going to be 11 years next week. Congratulations, Which is crazy. Man. Um, <laughs> yes. but, but this past fall, we started Spherical Films, as you mentioned, and Dave's heading that all up. And in that side, it's really m less about having to do it for a client and more about actually being able to be creative and then finding sponsors or, or partners that'll come along with that, but they actually have a lot more control. And, and it is a little bit longer form, so they're doing short films, documentaries, uh, and alike. And so it's pretty cool because it allows us to have sort of both sides of the, of the cake um, and, and be able to still do things that are you know pay to play, that are gonna be for that business. And then now they're able to scratch that itch of being able to do things a little bit more depth and a little bit more creative. So tell us a little bit about your, your background. I always, you know, my, uh, my son's three years old and I always ask him what he wants to be. And now he wants to be a police officer or a fireman. It changes every day. Like if he could literally run an excavator, he would, he would do that for his whole life. But like tomorrow, he probably won't even like excavators. <laughs> tell us, like when you grew up, did you always want to be in journalism? How did that kind of story um, come about? Because I feel like people in the news... And I'm just going to say it, it's not as glamorous as you think, right? Like if you drive down the road in, in Charlotte and there's somebody that's filming Atrium Film, you might have a reporter that's doing her own recording. Mm -hmm. She's setting up everything. She has to do it all. It, this is not just like, give me the mic. I'm ready for my moment, right? Like <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder than I think a lot of people think. And I think journalists do a great job of making that look easy. But we'd love to hear about that journey, how you got into it and, and how you fell in love with, with telling stories. I'll go first. Um, so, you know, my brother uh, is in TV journalism as well. And so he was, he is eight years older than me. And so I saw him enjoying what he was doing. And for me, the thing that really piqued my interest as I was going through high school and college and watching him do it was that it was something different every day. And so it wasn't the same thing. He wasn't sitting at a desk. Our dad was, you know, always at his desk, always on his phone. And to me, that looked just awful. And, and then I saw my brother really enjoying doing that and as he was climbing up through news ranks that's what um what sort of pulled me toward now when it came time to decide i didn't want to do news i wanted to do sports and so that's that's how i went down that road my my first on-air gig was in bangor maine so i moved there in february of 20 2005 i guess it was 2004 
Um, it was negative 10 degrees, and I was moving from Atlanta to Bangor. I came sight unseen, pulled in, and started working there. I worked. I lived in a Motel 8 for the first three weeks. Um, and so, you know, it's not glamorous at all. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun, and I grew up, and I, you know, I learned and made mistakes, and you can do that because you're in a small market. Um, and so that's that was for me what what it was all about. It was really enjoying the the newness of of every day. Love yeah, it. and art was my background. So like, um, I wanted to do something creative. I'd had some health problems coming out of high school, so I had to pivot really quickly and try to figure out like what was Plan B and C and D and all that. And so um, they put a camera in my hand, and I loved it, and I thought it was great. Um, and uh, got an internship. Um, pretty quickly and worked in a small bureau and um, they offered me a job they I would never leave and so they just went ahead and they gave me a job and then just so happened I was a photographer for this reporter and she uh, ended up going on maternity leave and they needed somebody to be a reporter in that market and so I just I never didn't have a say or anything (laughs) it just was like here you go (laughs) you're a reporter now Um, and then just kind of traveled in North and South Carolina and had the itch to do more, which is why, you know, Spherical Media was such a good fit. And what I will say real quick is Dave and I worked back in the day at News 14, now Spectrum 1. And, you know, the, Dave is, is uh, you know, a little bit, I don't know what I want to say. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to go with, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word, but... Uh, but he's not he's not one that's going to take a lot of, um, a lot of compliments well. But uh, Dave was, you know, one of the most talented shooters... Uh, reporters that we had what we always joked about was his use of natural sound in his packages and so it was always like you know one sentence natural sound one word natural sound like all these things and we joked about it on the tv side but when you watch these pieces they pulled you in and it was so fascinating to watch and 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 so talented talented in how he did it and so um i've always respected what what dave did and how he did it and then when we were getting ready to start Spiracle, Dave was still at News 14. He started his own business doing weddings and started to really see where the creativity really came together. And that's when we tried to bring him over and get him, get him in on, as a part of Spiracle. Weddings. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's a whole I mean, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> we're good, guys. Yeah. You seem like you're really happy where you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you can make if you can make a bride happy, you can make anybody happy. Right. I promise you that. That's true. So one of the, one of the reasons we wanted to have you guys back is because you have a hell of a story to tell and and you have a new award winning uh, documentary that you created during this whole pandemic. We talked a little bit off air about how challenging it's been for us and for other small businesses and, and the whole world, essentially. Um, but the name of it is Saving Spiracle. And uh, I would, I mean, there's a lot of emotion there. It's, it's so well done. You guys have won awards. I want to hear a little bit more about the background of that, uh, how you came up with it. I think we know the answer to that. But just, just dive into that a bit. Well, I think, um, you know, when you see the film, you see that we put a lot of things in place because we had a lot of downtime. Um, there wasn't a lot of business, um, which also made us reflect a little bit on like what we wanted to accomplish. And so um, it's mentioned in the film that you know Tim and Jared were uh, exploring the idea of being an author, putting out some kind of publication. And um, I went to the marketing and sales team and I was like, not really thinking that that was the direction we were going to go with it. But initially it was like, 
it'd be really cool if you just let me play and put together like a documentary. I have no idea what it is. I have no idea where it's going to go, no intention or anything. But, you know, I think Free Solo had just come out and won all these awards. And I'm a big Jimmy Chin fan. And so I was like, I'd love to do that. That'd be great. Um, and then they shot that down. They were like, that's a terrible idea, David. And so, <laughs> so you, would, you would have had to been on the wall with yeah, him, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it'd be great, guys. It's like, you know, we'll get Jared as he's eating pancakes and eating and, and wearing slippers, you know? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a great documentary. Um, but we pivoted and we did like the, um, the brand a- anthem that you normally see, like larger companies kind of producing, like who we are and what's important to us and that sort of thing. And, you know, COVID was taking its toll. Um, We had finished the brand anthem and we were in one of our leadership meetings. um, And I think we had talked about, we were having these big dreams and we were talking about what we really wanted to do. And I'm like, man, it'd be really great to go to the next level and tell stories that are longer form, uh, like a documentary. And kind of explained a little bit of the backstory of trying to sell that idea to sales and marketing. And Tim's like, well, do it. And so Tim was the button pusher that was like, I don't know why you're waiting or waiting for approval for anybody. Let's just do it. Um, And kind of leading into the Saving Spiracle is that the intention of the film was never to be about um, COVID. It just was the elephant in the room and unavoidable. I think there was a lot of stiff arming from all the people behind the scenes that had something to do with that film to not make it about that. But it's just it was inevitable. And that that's where all of our conversations and interviews ended up going. So that's that's my backstory. I don't know if it's any different. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. I think, um, you know, what was unique about this film is, you know, the person making the film and Dave is a partner, a friend, you know, somebody that knows us intimately. And so when we would sit down, we'd come in for these interviews and, you know, we come in at like 7 a.m. And he had it all set up to do the interview before the start of workday. And he knew how to push our buttons, you know, and he knew how to pull out actual, you know, real stories and and real uh, emotion of what we were going through. And so that part of it and being able to have somebody so close to it really made it much more authentic um, and much more, you know, able to see what was really going on versus just surface. And, you know, you're just answering questions. Yeah, it's really tough. You know, that kind of small talk stuff that you do. Um, We would get into those conversations and. Yeah, he would start a few soft questions and then all of a sudden he would hit you with something that he knew was going on and then it starts you down a road that really um, was emotional. And so that's what you see in the film is, you know, we were dealing with a lot of crap, you know, not only with the business side, but all of our personal lives were taking hits too. And so um, being able to feel safe enough to share that with somebody, that, that was that was really one of the cool part of, parts of that film for me. I think everybody needed to know that they weren't alone in this. <laughs> you know, we were all fighting a battle, whichever yeah. it was, business, personal, health, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And so that's, to me, why it's so relatable, mm-hmm. right? And probably one of the reasons you guys have gotten so much attention from this thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and when you watch that film, I think for for maybe the first year of, of what's going on, it was the unknown, right? That was the unknown. My, my wife was pregnant during this. We, we had our second son in June of 2020. Literally, nobody knew what was going on. I remember we would have conversations and we're like, well, how long is this going to last? And when you watch that film, you see the true raw emotion of the entire moment. And I think when you guys talk about connecting to an audience, everybody that watches that can connect to that at some point. 
It's not going to be the exact same story. It's not going to be the same exact business model or any of that type of thing. But from a personal and a professional standpoint, you've never seen those intertwine more than they did in the last two and a half years, right? Or last two years. Um, And that's one of the things that I think from telling stories, you have to be able to do, right? And that's what you guys do a great job. Now, tell us when you guys got done with the film, what was it like to watch it the first time? (laughs) Um, it's, that's different. I, it's probably a better question for you because I, I've seen every segment like right. you know a thousand times. Yeah. Can recite it. Yeah. I hear the same music, so I have like little ticks. You know, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave didn't let us see any cuts. Um, that's awesome. He had been working with a focus group, and so he had done a first edit, put it out to a focus group, got feedback, things that were missing. Um, basically, it worked through a couple different uh, revisions, and then finally said, okay, guys, I think it's ready. And so we went to my house, um, put up a screen in the backyard, and uh, us and our wives all sat down to watch the film for the first time. And, you know, what I always equate it to is emotional cutting because, you know, I was, it was stuff that you had blocked out and and tried to forget. And I sat there watching it. And I remember I was crying, I was laughing. Dave makes fun of me because at really high emotional times, like I would like laugh and they're all like, what the heck are you laughing about? (laughs) And it was like this nervous laugh, you know, um, and definitely there were some, yeah, timing issues with the, with the laughter on that. But, um, (laughs) but it, it definitely was a, you know, such a emotional night. You know, we, we finished the film, we all got up, gave each other a hug. Like it was, uh, it was definitely one of those cathartic moments. Um, you, your feedback, you know, when we went to film festivals and we were going around and it was similar to a lot of people were coming up and saying, this is everyone's story. We all went through some part of this. We all can relate to it. And invariably, every single person that was a business owner always said, thank you for putting in your wives, because that's the side of the story that doesn't get told mm-hmm. is the people that are behind you that are actually having to deal with the fact that you're watching the skies fall and then you have to go home at night and talk to them. And so... That was really, I think, the the most important piece, and I know that's that was Dave's idea from the beginning. But I think that's what really made this thing sing. You know, and I think when you talk about bringing in your wives to that, I I, I talk with my wife all the time, like every day when I'm going home. Obviously, I talk to my wife every day. But that's good. What, that's yeah, good, good start. Communication's a key. Um, but when I when we go home, we talk about our day, and we and we and we try to make it as positive as as we can. But like, there's some times that you need to vent for some things that are going on. And I think you know the story. I think there's a lot of people that want to say, well, let's just forget about 2020, right? Like, let's just forget about 2021. When in reality you need to go back and 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 think about how you know not only I don't want to say courageous but how strong you were to get through that right if you were a business owner and you're literally pushed up against the wall everything you've worked for is now up in the air like what's going to happen you had two choices feel bad for yourself or work your ass off come up with creative new ideas get innovative figure out what you can bring to the market right and that's not only what Scott Dunstan did, but what you guys did and what we've seen a lot of our businesses that we've been able to work with do. And that's where when you talk about connecting, it's so important. And I would challenge anybody listening to this. Don't forget about 2020. Don't forget about 2021. Be proud of yourself. If you're still employed right now or you still own a business, you you are probably thriving at this moment. And it's because you worked your ass off during that time. And that's what your movie or, and your, excuse me, your documentary does. It really connects you. Now, I want to take, so when you guys get it done and it's emotion and it's raw, what was the moment where you were like, okay, 
we we need to put this in film festivals like not because it's not about awards for you i know that like you're going to win the awards because it's amazing but you knew that film could help people and when we brought this podcast and we started it that's exactly why we did it right if we could connect one person if we could tell a story that would support somebody else that's why we did it so when was that aha moment like we need to get that out to to really help people you need to tell the story about Full Bloom. So Full Bloom yeah. Film Festival is here up in Statesville. Um, we went up there. You know, this was the first film festival we had ever been a part of, ever done. And we all went up there thinking, oh, let's go watch our film get screened and see what the, see what it's like to see other people watching it. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the afterwards dinner or whatever, and they call out best documentary. And they say Saving Spiracle. And we were like... What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> huh? What? Yeah. And What's, totally blown away by that. Yeah. It's the best kind. Though. Yeah. yeah. When you don't even see it coming. Right. People mm-hmm. were just loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freaking fantastic. What was it with Raleigh, too? Raleigh was the same thing. And it was right back to back. Yeah. Too, and I think we were like, what is going on? We actually didn't go to Raleigh because we were like, oh, there's 30 documentaries. This is, we're not going to win anyhow. We got other stuff to do. Let's not go this weekend. And then we got the email that night mm-hmm. that we had won best documentary for that, too. And yeah. it was like, okay. Is is this documentary the one that has sort of shifted your business into a segment that focuses on this now? I mean, it started, it was really the launch of Spiracle Films okay. for us. And so that division that Dave and Morgan are running, um, this was that launch off point for sure. So there's the silver lining, yeah. right? Like yeah. you figured out, hey, man, we're, we're pretty good at this. Like mm-hmm. we, we know what we're doing and, and we can take this service and, you know. Do other documentaries and absolutely, and Tell, they have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just so, we just had a short film released last week that mm-hmm. David Morgan did on. Uh, Gosh, I'm going to blank on her name now. Yeah, Lori Martin. Lori Martin, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you could tell a little bit about that process and how yeah. that all came about. So that was the first project on the back end of Saving Spiracle. Yeah, I'll go back on, on your, your statement. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to, I like to always say. We understand like, that. <laughs> <laughs> <we're> Fell forward. <laughs> building the plane as we fly it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we just finished. Um, we've tried to focus and doing a long, like, our hour plus kind of documentary is a massive commitment of time um, and, and and so what we were trying to do is trying to find if we do shorter films and we tell good stories with that what's those legs look like I mean are we gonna still be able to do festivals are we gonna be um, uh, more marketable to brands where more people want to support it that sort of thing so we're really we just finished uh, recapture which is uh, about an amazing landscape photographer, a woman who goes out in minus 20 degrees and captures beautiful landscapes, things that I've never seen before. I'm a huge Ansel Adams landscape photography fan. Um, and it's, if somebody, if you have both of them shooting the same thing at the same time, they are absolutely polar opposites. They are different. And so um, she is a powerful woman who, um, just has a really amazing story and one of the cool things about that short film is like her it's it's sad but it's it's it shows the power of of imagery and things like that her her father had alzheimer's and so he was in like an assisted living center and while he wouldn't recognize her she would bring in the photography and that was their connection point and so their relationship would almost restart every single time they walked into that facility and shared hey this is what i shot this time around what do you think about it um so we're trying to do more smaller pieces like that as like case studies to see you know what does an audience really want where can we put this for distribution that kind of stuff um and so you know we're ideating right now trying to figure out what that next project is and and hopefully start on that really soon 
and I'm showing my ignorance here, but it seems like a, <clears throat> excuse me, a really, really good time to be in that world because there's so many platforms now to find documentaries from Netflix to mm-hmm. Hulu to, you know, all the, all those avenues. And, um, you know, like you said, there's so many stories to tell out there. Mm-hmm. How do you connect with these people? How do you become that resource? And, uh, you know, what's your plan on that? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. There's never been a larger demand for content ever before. Um, just with so many different venues and areas that you can put um, <clears throat> different lengths of stories, different, different types of pieces. And so, yeah, what we're working on is, you know, what does that business model look like? Is it, you know, build it and they will come? Is it bring in a partner and build it based on what they want and then we'll take that and take it to market? Or is it we build it with sponsors involved and then those sponsors help us distribute it to their networks? And so there are s- several different ways to do it. And to Dave's point, I mean, we're still trying to figure that out and make sure we, we do it the right way. We're testing a lot of different options. Sure. You know, and I think it, it's, it all comes down to producing good content gets good attention, which creates more opportunity. Um, and I want to challenge you guys not on this, but I want to challenge people that are that are listening. Um, and I, I want your input on this, because I think in the world that we live in, and we're, we're both technically marketing companies, right? Like we use our own unique medium to to get attention for our brands to bring awareness to our brands, whatever the goal is uh, in hand, that's what we do, right? We talk about reverse engineering brand and merchandise and apparel, it, a lot of people just throw a catalog, right? We're different, I want to know what you want to achieve. And then we can be able to to work together to come up with that, that outcome. What is your advice for people right now in a world that you're so saturated with advertisements? You're so saturated with people just hitting you up. I mean, we talk about a Samsung TV right now. We're all going to get an ad sent to our phone in about five minutes. It's like, <laughs> check out this new 972-inch Samsung TV, right? It's it's insane. So it's hard to get people's attention. Um, we had a person on the podcast recently who talked about the attention span of the human being and how it has literally shrunk, right? They have said that now that a, a honeybee has a longer attention span than the human being. Oh, wow. um, and it's something around like six to seven seconds, whereas 10 years ago, that was more like 15 to 20 seconds. So when you talk about getting somebody's attention, think about how quickly you're swiping through social media, right? Like what's going to grab your attention? What is your advice for businesses and, and trying to achieve that? Because I think it's such a tough question and it might be very specific to the industry, but what are people doing right? And what are people doing wrong when it comes to getting attention or trying to, to raise awareness to their brand? I think that you're looking at um exactly what you said the attention spans are getting shorter um and so people don't want to be sold to anymore and and that's really where we fit into this whole thing is that we're not selling a product anymore we're we're telling the story so that then you have affinity to that story and you want to support them and so it's it's changing that conversation from buy now buy now buy now is to here is our why and this is why we're doing it and then you're finding people that are attracted to that why. And so that's that's really the, the, the switch that has happened in marketing and in this space. And so that's really why storytelling fits in really well now because, you know, it, it buyers are savvy. They know when they're being sold to. Just like you said, we're, we know when phone's listening to us, we're going to know that that thing's going to come up and we're going to know that that's why it came up. Um, 
before we probably would have just been like, oh, look at this. It just came in. Like, yeah. that's so cool. They you know? know me well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It really knows me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now Smart we're like, and we're it, like re it really does know you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It knows you better than you know yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so now we've made the connection that, and you know, what's funny is we're all okay with it. Mm -hmm. You know, we've accepted it because of what we get from the phone. So we're like, okay, we'll let them just listen to us all day. Um, <laughs> So that, that, I think that's what the switch has been, is, is it no longer is about selling, it's about relationships, it's about knowing the why and being able to attract people to your why. That's a great answer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the future. So I'm a huge documentary guy. And when you just talked about how long it takes to create a one hour documentary, I remember uh, watching a documentary called Making a Murderer, um, mm -hmm. and it went viral and everybody wanted to watch it. What people don't really focus on that is that the person who shot that was there for like 12 years, right? I mean, 12 years. Like, let's think about right now, you want to go shoot a documentary and live in the middle of Wisconsin for 12 years <laughs> to be able to produce this award-winning documentary. That's insane, right? Like, that's a whole nother level of commitment. So with you guys moving into the future of this, I, I guess... Tell us kind of the direction of that. And, and, and like you said, for an hour documentary, like how long, like how long is that of an investment? I, I guess I'm just curious because I don't even know. Yeah, so we're trying to cheat it a little bit. Um, <laughs> and so what we're hoping to do is we, if we know that there is a good story out there that probably deserves a longer breath, like it's an hour, hour and a half, whatever it happens to be, then what we're probably going to do is do a series of, of pieces that are individually done that lead us to that path. So we're going to be kind of cross-populating both a series and a documentary more than likely. So uh, one of our, our plans is, let's say you do art and design. Um, heck, we I think we even use the example of cigars at one point, um, where it's like you do art and design and you're following around, you know, you're focused on one artist for this episode, another artist in another genre in another episode. But what you start to hear probably in all those conversations is the undertones of maybe a bigger story. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you kind of you continue doing the series and capturing that content and producing and sending it out in order like that. But at the same time, you're building on that story. Uh, so hopefully when you get to the six to seven episodes of short films, then you can pivot pretty quickly, figure out where the holes are, use that content that you've already captured you probably asked additional questions to build on that documentary. And so you already have the foundation and the building blocks for something more substantial, something bigger. That's amazing. What if you guys had a story out there that, that you're looking for or the type of story that if somebody brought it to you, you would say, this is it. And I know from the two that you've done right now, they're, they're, they're completely different, mm -hmm. right? Completely different. So it's not necessarily we're only going to do these types of documentaries. Like, what are you guys looking for? If there are people out there that have a story or they know of somebody that has an amazing story, what, what, what do we, you need from our audience to be able to, to, to show that to you guys or to bring it up to attention? Yeah. I mean, I think it's got to be grounded in emotion and it has to be grounded in desire. So it, you got to know that that character is desiring and wanting something and you can piggyback and jump on the back of that story all day long. And so we're looking for, Somebody that has uh, a why, we're looking for something that's visual, um, something that's emotional, and then obviously that desire. That's kind of the magic ingredients that I'm kind of looking for. Um, art, yeah. and art and design kind of fits into that because it right. is very visual, but yeah. And that's what I was going to say is that, and Dave and Morgan are, are very big in art and design. That's their world. They, 
they always joke that they pass back and forth these Instagram posts with each other, looking at architecture, looking at different things, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, when they first came to us in the business side of the world and they were like, we want to do art and design. We're like, <laughs> Great. that's awesome. So how are we going to do yeah. that? I'm like, I'm like, so who else is doing this? Well, <laughs> they're like, no one, that's the point. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, but what's great is, is that, the, the cool part is they've been able to convince us of what the power in these places are. And, and the Lori story with Recapture was really, you know, a, a jumping off point for that because that's a story that probably doesn't get told uh, normally. And as they dove into it, you know, they really saw there was an industry that was very male dominated. You know, you're out negative 20 degrees. It's usually like a rugged guy thing. And then there's this woman that's in between these male photographers and she's shooting these photos that are totally different than what the guys are getting. And the coolest piece of that uh, that story when she was talking about, she has her her, uh, her photos edited out in, in Colorado, I think it was, mm-hmm. and the editor can walk in and see the photos and they're like, oh, that's a Lori Martin photo. Because they can tell with the softness that they're not like the different contrasts, all these kind of things that she does differently. And that story never would have gotten told uh, if it wasn't for David Morgan. So I love the ability to be able to tell stories that you know, might not have gotten past necessarily everybody else. Um, I think the the cigar story is a great idea. I mean, I think the art of cigars, I don't smoke cigars, but Dave does, and he loves them. But I would be interested in watching a story about, you know, how does, you know, this country now take over for Cuba? Cuba was, was the, you know, cream of the crop. And now there are other countries that have popped up, the Dominican, other areas. Why are they now catching up or if not better? And what is that art behind that? And so being able to find those stories, that's that's what's going to be fun. I want to shift gears. And this is going to be something that is is emotional to an extent, but it's it's also raw and it's in the news right now. So we have some young people that we've hired. And, you know, with all of the issues going on in our world, specifically with Ukraine, you know, I explained to her that journalism and the ability for people to capture the rawness of war is going to be like something we've never seen before, right? Now you have the ability for people that can literally have an HD camera in their hand with an iPhone to be able to share those stories. If you look at something like war, right? And 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 God bless all of the journalists that have already lost their lives that, that go out there to, to share this story. Tell us how powerful that is and why that's important that these journalists are willing to risk their lives to share what I would say is 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 the rawest of raw, right? Um, you're literally documenting and, and showing the world what evil looks like. I'm just very curious because for me, when you look at that type of stuff, I was a big World War II you know, guru. I love I loved history. My, my grandfather was in that. And I, it, it's, it's amazing. Now you even look, they're taking this into color. You know, you have like documentaries. It's like, oh my God, it's just, um, that's what it really looked like. But now we literally have a front row seat into what this is. And I'm just curious kind of what your thoughts are on that and, and why that is important. I'll go back to um, my mentor when I was in news, used to always say, because one of the first stories I remember covering uh, as, a, um, as an intern was uh, a wreck involving a mother and her new child, and they both <clears throat> passed away. And so I, immediately I was like, what am I getting myself into? What is the point of chasing the wreck, chasing the war, uh, going into a hurricane, that sort of stuff. And she goes, it's simple. If you got one person that is going to learn something from that, whether it's buckle up, uh, whether it's don't drink and drive, whether it's 
let's listen to what the other side has to say so we don't get into these conflicts, then that's the purpose of telling stories like that. And I've always, that's always kind of been the reaffirming of, are we just chasing ambulances? Are we, are we no better than anybody else? Are we getting in the way because we are, you know, trying to insert ourselves into, say, a war zone or um, bad weather or things like that? But she was like, no, it, it, really, if you can connect with just one viewer and you change the trajectory of their life because of this one thing that they learned by watching that story, then that's, that's enough impact for you. I love that answer. Makes sense. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Well, that is, that is great, man. I You guys have done some amazing stuff. Um, before we, we kind of wrap this up, what is the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you? I'll tell you right now, you got to go to spiraclefilms.com. Both the documentaries are right there. It's a Friday because we just dropped this podcast. <laughs> you need to go and, and watch it tonight with your family. But what's the best way for people to get in contact with you if they want to learn more about Spherical Media and working you know, with from a business standpoint? Or maybe they have some great ideas for films and, and want some more information on that. Yeah, I mean, the websites are the easiest place to go. So SpiraclePhilms.com, SpiraclePhilms.com. Um, feel free to reach out to Dave or I. We're both on LinkedIn. Um, and social media, obviously, at Spiracle Media, at Spiracle Films. So, yeah, reach out to us. We're, we're always open for a conversation, always looking to talk to people about, you know, great stories and, and how we can help. It's awesome. And, and we didn't mention this, but they do video, they do drone, they have podcasts, they do live, they do everything, right? They do everything. <laughs> um, and it's amazing. You know, you guys have been doing such great work. We're so excited to have you back on here. Congratulations, you know, for, uh, you know, the word pivot was uh, a word that <laughs> nobody wanted to talk about. <laughs> But, you know, from the first time we brought you guys on and learned a lot about the history of where you guys came from and working with Steph Curry and, you know, Jared's calling, you know, Davidson basketball that's games. Today. He, that's where he of course, <laughs> as he should be. Right. Go, that's that's awesome, man. But it's great to watch this and to see local companies do amazing things. Um, you guys are, are, are incredible. So continue to, to do good stuff. And uh, we look forward to, to following the journey. And that's all I got, man. That's Thank all you guys so much for having us. This, is, this yeah. is awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Second time. I love it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're uh, one of two. That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. Again, thank you, uh, Tim and David. Until next time, you have been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.